Hey, Kristen. Hey, Brandy. Guess what we're talking about today? Uh, the Oscars. Oh, my God. My favorite thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> this is like, this is our Super Bowl. This is definitely my Super Bowl. Fuck yeah. the real Super Bowl. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Except for J-Lo, obviously. <laughs> this, is, this is our Super Bowl, you guys. Um, we're coming to you with another theme episode. Surprise, surprise. We're all about the themes. We're all about the themes, and we're all about the Academy Awards, which is why we're talking about the highs, the lows, and the what the fuck was that, all of that from last night's episode, the 92nd Annual Academy Awards. Kristen, any just quick thoughts before we get into our FMKs of the telecast? Um, I was like, most of the night I was like, okay. It's fine. Okay. That was, that's... Like a, a high-pitched okay. Yep. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of like a, a mid-level, this is fine. <laughs> um, I am getting a little tired of the, like, self-aware Oscar So White jokes. Yeah. But that's not, you know, I hope I didn't steal your thunder on any of your um, no, you No, not at all. Um, I, you bring up a good point, which is that I feel like last night's episode was, in general, like a theme could have been... We're talking about being very self-aware and yet. Yeah, yeah, yep. It's like <laughs> it's like every show, like mainstream show that has product placement in it, like when Chuck had the subway ads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like after a while, I was like, okay, you can only joke so much right. about these being subway ads before it's like <sighs> Right. Woof. Like if this if this happens again next year, I'm done. Yeah. But, but this year, it was it was funny. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But also hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not a total dumpster fire, but yeah. yeah, not a laugh riot. Yeah. Um, so like we did in our Golden Globes episode, we thought we would start by picking our best dressed of the evening. Um, so Kristen, you go first. I know we're supposed to pick one, so I have That's okay. I cheated one. too. Okay. I have the <laughs> I have the one that like if I were on a desert island and I could only wear one thing for the rest of my life and it had to be fabulous. Okay. It would be Janelle Monet's <sighs> crystal gown with hood because I felt like it was both exceptionally fashion forward and elegant but also completely in the spirit of her right like yes. she, she it was it wasn't like something that was so weird and shoehorned into her character too so that's mine that is next level I am so glad that you picked that because I feel like she walked on the carpet and just like shut the place down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, very good pick um so I had a really tough time. Like, I, I would pick one, and then I would be like, cool, no one else is going to walk out and change yeah. their mind. Absolutely, I need nothing else out of this life. And then somebody would come on, and I would be like, god damn it. <laughs> um, so I have a list of what do you do, six. Yeah. Um, but I think if I had to pick one that I would wear, like if I had to go to the Oscars tomorrow, yeah. twist my arm, take yeah. me to the Academy Awards. <laughs> um it would be Olivia Coleman's blue velvet number. Oh, interesting. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. So normally I'm like, uh, I'm kind of in your wavelength. I'm a um, sort of head to toe shimmer or something yeah. in an interesting color, something yep, in yep. an interesting shape. Um, I'm not sort of your traditional, you know, structured gown kind yeah. of person. Um, it's got to be different. Mm-hmm. But hers was that. Yeah. And it was like velvet and it was like both slimming and also like it had the big shoulders with those big giant like, wings. Yeah. And it made me think that like she pretty much always comes out in something 
different. Yeah. Like it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful gown, but it's just a little bit different. Yep. She never wears just like your run of the mill red carpet mm-hmm. dress. Mm-hmm. And she looks fucking cool as hell. And um if I had to slip into one of those gowns tomorrow, it would it would be that. Like if we were in a caper and like the backdrop was the Oscars and we had to like pull somebody behind the bushes and put dresses on, you'd be putting hers on? Oh, 100%. Okay, I'd, I'd do Janelle Monáe. Yeah. For sure. That would be a really sexy pair. Oh, my God. I'm just going to say. Yeah. Um, just real quick, did you have like a, a, a second runner-up that was like real close or was she pretty much a runaway? Okay, so definitely she was in like the upper echelon. Mm-hmm. My honorable mentions would be um, Cynthia Arrivo. Oh, me too. She's my just second. Like, woof. like that was so amazing. I mean, how does she exist like that? We'll get to that later. Okay. And then um, I also really liked Sandra O's. Oh, Okay. It was it was not something if I saw it on the rack I'd be like no thank you hard pass, but I loved it on her. Yeah, and and it made me love the dress. She looked beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So my second runner was actually also goddess Cynthia Erivo. <laughs> she just like came down from on high, and I don't know how she looks like that. Um. But I my runner up after that is Maya Rudolph actually in the orange. Yeah. Yeah. Um. She also always wears funky stuff yeah but um her little bob and just mm-hmm. the shape and mm-hmm. the color was mm-hmm. there were a lot of similar colors as there always are but that orange was like chef's kiss how do they do they have like a like a, is there a memo that goes around that's like this year we're wearing nude tones this year they must have like a slack channel or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of what's on trend um big shoulders and like that soft pink yeah yeah but good pick good pick um, okay, so let's let's get on with the show. Let's let's hand out those awards. Welcome to Pop Culture Fuck Mary Kill. Every episode we'll be breaking down the good, the best, and the absolute trash in pop culture and decide whether we want to fuck, marry, or kill them. We won't ever be fuck, marry, or killing any people because we're classy bitches. But all the stuff we're consuming way too much of in the pop culture stratosphere. It's the classic game you know and love, but this time it's got a spicy pop culture twist. We're your hosts. I'm Kristen Gunn. And I'm Brandy Johnson. And this is Pop Culture Fuck, Mary Kill. This episode of Pop Culture Fuck, Mary Kill is brought to you by My Grandma Nana's IRA. Thanks, Nana, for saving your post-depression pennies and leaving me with enough money to get a liberal arts degree from a private college, then half-heartedly follow my dreams of becoming a filmmaker, not succeed, and start a podcast. Because Grandma Nana's IRA money won't last forever, if you'd like to sponsor Pop Culture Fuck, Mary Kill, reach out to us at 805-628-BOOP, B-O-O-P. That's 805-628-2667. Okay, so now we're in it. Kristen, the award for your fuck of the Oscars 2020 goes to? Um, all of the musical performances. Not all of them. 
most of the musical performances. Oh. I would say that musical performances in the Oscars are generally kind of like lip service to the songs. And they're really ultimately kind of annoying with rare exception. Obviously, the... Um, the, my favorite, weirdly, is I don't know if you remember um, many, many years ago, Robin Williams sang Blame Canada from South Park. Wow, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> We've got a clip of it. And finally, with Blame Canada from South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, please welcome Academy Award winner Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, they killed Kenny! Times have changed, our kids are getting worse. They won't obey their parents, they just want to fart and curse. We could just get it off there. Um, I don't remember this at all. Everybody treat yourself. I don't really give a shit about South Park. But that is, like, m one of my favorite moments of all time because, one, the South Park movie got nominated for an Oscar. Sure. And then they had they had Robin Williams do it, which was perfect. And also, Robin Williams just gives me all the happy feels now. So, yeah. anyway, uh, that holds a treasured place in my heart. But I will say, all of the music, most of the music, uh, including, obviously, Janelle Monet's amazing opening number. Mm -hmm. Like, she fucking crushed it. And also, I love it when they crush it, but also have some humor. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, you know, she at one point was in the entire, um, like, the poncho of flowers from Midsummer, mm -hmm. which I was just like, yes, I'm here for this all day long. So that was amazing. And then... Like uh, I alluded to in our intro, Cynthia Rivo's performance from Harriet. Oh, it was excellent. I mean, she, like, she just, I know she's been a Broadway actress mm -hmm. for a while, but I was not aware of her. And she just kind of, like, sprang forth from the clamshell like Venus herself. And yeah. now I want to worship her in all things. Yeah. She's got a Tony. She's been nominated for an Oscar now. I do not see a world that we exist in in which she does not EGOT. Yeah. I feel like very soon. Let's get her that book on tape so she can get a Grammy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, good pick. I, I would agree with that. Um, mostly. We'll, we'll get to the, you, you know, I'm going to telegraph some other stuff for myself too. But, you know, th yeah. there was there was a couple of just really, like, I mean, even... I even liked um, uh, Adina Menzel's. I thought that was lovely. Like the Frozen song. Everybody's like, boo. It's like so popular to hate Frozen. But like, I, I fucking like Frozen. Yeah. Like, so do I. And I thought what they did was very cool. Yeah, it's all. like the most popular thing on the planet. So for them to acknowledge like how far and wide it's gone. By was... having all of the, if you didn't see it, all of the different uh, actresses, voice actresses that played Elsa, or at least sang the parts of Elsa, all got a little moment on stage, or many of them did anyway. Yeah, that was very languages. cool, I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I especially liked the little elfin girl in the back <sighs> with that, like, spooky. <laughs> it was I, very ethereal, but also very scary. I saw it, and I just cackled because I thought of you. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> because it kind of reminded me of... Um, uh, what what's her fucking face from um the weird one from the new Little Women? The weird one, the the one that dies, Beth. Oh, Beth. Beth. 
<laughs> Eliza Scanlon from Sharp yeah. Objects. Yes, yes, yes. It just it was just like this like little weird girl <laughs> that like little Beth. <laughs> like the light comes on and she's like in the background. If that had been Beth, oh my god, I would have <laughs> lost my mind. I'm still waiting on someone to do the supercut of all the weird shots to Beth's face in Greta Gerwig's Little Women. YouTube, come through. Um, okay, excellent pick. Yeah, I I specifically I had it on my list. Janelle Monae's opening I thought was um, crazy good, and like it was it was fun. It was energetic. It was funny. She had like callouts to a bunch of stuff in it that if you blinked you missed it. Yep. I watched it again this morning and I was like, oh my god, yeah. I thought okay, that's great. Um, I actually want to play a little clip of it here. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the six minute um, performance. And repeat after me. La 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 who directed phenomenal films. And I'm so proud to stand here as a black, queer artist telling stories. Happy Black History Month. Like, just so much, just everything about that. Yeah. Uh, So, Brandy, this leads me to ask you, what is in your envelope? So, the award for Fuck of the Oscars 2020 for me goes to... A parasite sweep slash none for Sam Mendes. <laughs> I mean, they did get cinematography. Oh, sure. Which for me is really like, way to, way to go, Roger Deakins, because like yeah. what you did in the movie was phenomenal. And look, I'm not here to be like a shithead about Sam Mendes. <clears throat> like the movie was good. I, I thought it was good. Um, but like, I can't explain. I'm like still on a high from last night. If you didn't watch, so Parasite was up for, you know, all of the big ones, director, picture, original screenplay, editing, um, didn't have any acting categories. And so it was 1917. Um, for a long time, everyone thought 1917 um, was going to take it. They were winning the BAFTAs. They were winning. Yeah, it seemed like it was it was peaking. It was like totally. Bernie Sanders peaking right before the Iowa caucuses. Yes. And it was like just gonna take it it's a war movie Sam Mendes has won Oscars before you know could the Academy really give a non-English movie um, best picture since it's definitely gonna take international feature that seems to be like the consolation prize it's what happened with Roma so you know all of the experts were saying I don't know can it take it all um, it took best picture best director um, best original screenplay. Um, I, know, I think I must be missing one. It, it must have taken. Yeah, it got four. I, um, it got. It did get four because I, I, I remember putting that on my Instagram. Um, oh, an international feature. Yeah. Um, which is it's the first movie in history to be non English language to win Best Picture. Um, and, I, and to win international feature and Best Picture, of course. Um, and this is a huge deal. First of all, I think, in my humble opinion, um, I think Parasite was the best movie of the year I was last ask year. You. It was so it, was, it wasn't mine. I, it was definitely my favorite movie of the year last year. Um, and 
I did see all best pictures. I watched Joker. You did? Yes, I watched Joker on the plane <gasps> back from Ireland. Yeah. Wow. We haven't had a chance to talk about it, but we'll talk about that offline. Yeah. I mean, what's there to say? <laughs> Besides, woof. Um. So yeah. Anyway, I'm just like st- I, every speech from Bong and the producers and anyone else involved in the movie was so incredibly gracious and just so. So humble and so charming. I, I just still can't get over the fact that it actually managed to win because it should have won. And I just thought, well, there's no fucking way this stale-ass Academy is going to give what it should give to this movie. And right. it fucking did. And I just can't believe it. And also Sam Mendes is known to be kind of like a pompous jackass. So I'm like kind of glad he didn't get it. <laughs> is he still married to Kate Winslet? No. Oh, good. Exactly. Um, I also really liked that it was lady producers that were up there accepting yeah. those Oscars. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm I was super sexist because I was like, oh. S- so was I. Oh, great. Yeah, I really enjoyed that too. And also like the last one, her little speech was like so cute. Also, uh, the fact that like they shut them off and then the whole crowd was like, up, 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 up to, to turn up the lights and turn the music off so that they could finish. And then they did. And I was like, yes. That was that was a moment. So that is my fuck because I still am weak in the knees from it. So very good. Very good. Okay. Kristen Gunn. We're on to the Marys of the Oscars. Um, what's in the envelope? Okay. So uh, you mentioned that Parasite was your best movie of 2019. I would say it was it was in my top couple. Uh, but my favorite movie of 2019 was Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. excellent. I actually watched a, dub, a back-to-back double feature of Jojo Rabbit and Parasite. Um, I watched Jojo Rabbit first. And so I was actually like in a kind of a, a place when mm. it was over. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting as much tragedy in it as there was. And so, um, uh, you know, I go into Parasite a little bit like, you know, dealing with that. So mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe it wasn't fair. But um, love Parasite. Love Jojo Rabbit a little more because it maybe just speaks to my soul. So I just want to marry the fact that Tiki Wakaka. <laughs> Good. Very good, Kristen. <laughs> Taika Waititi. <laughs> I wish I remember what John Travolta called Adina Menzel. Nazim Patrasa. <laughs> no, it was Adele Nazim. Or Adele Dazim. Something like that, yeah. Which, I don't, weirdly, it was like two year, two or three years ago. There were like three jokes about that last night. Yeah, because John Travolta's like an easy punching bag. And also like everyone loves Idina Menzel. Say his name one more time. Taika Waititi. Also for what's worth. I think we should keep this in. Okay. <laughs> Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Is he married? Because if I have anything to do with it, he will be soon. That's a great question. I actually don't know. I was looking. But he's like really got it going on right now. I freaking love him. Like I love his humor. Um, I knew when Jojo Rabbit came out, I was like, I'm really going to enjoy this. The fact that he is uh, indigenous and he's also Jewish mm-hmm. and then he chose to play Hitler. I was like, I am fucking here for your dark ass humor and the irreverence of that and just like the middle finger to Hitler across the board. So I'm happy he won Best Adapted Screenplay, and I'm really happy that 
um, he got, you know, that's that's the other consolation prize, right? Best adapted, mm-hmm. adapted yeah. screenplay or or best original screenplay versus best director. So he'll get a best director in the future. Definitely. And maybe I'll be sitting right next to him. Oh, man. And you'll be wearing something like? Like Janelle Monet. Oh, my God. It's going to be good good Pray. times. Pray. 2024. Bless this union. Yeah. Um, great pick. Thank you, Brandy. So uh, what is in your envelope for Mary of the 2019 Academy Awards? I'm torn because I have two. And they both equally make me so divinely happy that I want to be in a throuple with them both. Okay. I'm, I'm happy for you. Um, so, and I feel safe that I can say them both and that you aren't going to pick them because we're already past the two good categories. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to kill this. There's no possible way. Okay. So I want to be in a throuple with these two moments, and I'm definitely cheating, but we make this podcast and the rules, so who cares? Um, the first moment is obviously the Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig singing the musical compilation to introduce a costume designer. Yeah. Um, obviously, their whole bit was, I mean, they walk out and you're yeah. just like, well, let me just settle in yeah. for these four <laughs> minutes because it's going to be a delight. Um, but it really got into the velvety goodness whenever they did their first award and then they moved on to the costume design and they sang a little song. Okay, the nominees for best costume design wait, are... Wait, That's it? We can't just skip right to the award. You're right. You're right. So much goes into costume design. Um, what else should we say? Well, maybe we don't say it. Maybe we sing it. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. And one of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over. You've got the look, you've got the look. Sean, I still be cooking in my obvious old devil with a blue dress, blue dress, blue dress, devil with a blue dress on Blueberry Hill. This is long, but I'm just gonna play the whole thing. And Monroe, Dietrich, and a lady in Cheek to cheek, cheek to cheek, and a thong, 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 thong. That's the best part. You can leave your hat on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say it had been kind of a, a dry spell for a bit. There's no host, so it, there's kind of, you know, again, it wasn't a dumpster fire of a telecast, but there was like the high of the Janelle Monet. Then it would kind of be dry for a while, and then you'd have, like, a great pairing come out like this, um, or later, you know, Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and then maybe someone else a little bit later. But in between, it could tend to sag. So are you pro-host, or are you pro this new, where everybody gets kind of a boop? That's a really good question. I don't think that the last two years with no host has been a failure. I do miss some semblance of a through line to bring it through. Yeah. Um, But I do think that sometimes they really try to shoehorn in 
crap when they have one person trying to do the through yeah. line. Yeah. So by doing like each person gets a little boop, like it's actually they can put a little more into it. Yeah, because yeah. like this, um, the the opening number, the Will Ferrell and Julia Louis Dreyfus thing. Um, there were a couple of other ones. Um, you know, I wasn't even mad at when Chris Rock and Steve Martin came out. Like at first, I at first they came out, and I was like, ugh. But it was actually it was it was good. It was funny. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I actually was like, okay, we got out. That was fine. Yeah. Okay. Way to go, everybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say I don't know, maybe pro host, and they keep just putting really excellent pairs together, um, or just excellent single people, which leads me to the other moment that I want to be in this marriage yeah. with, um, which is when my queen Olivia Coleman came out to intro Best Actor. Um, I think you have her come to an award show. She's either going to win or she's going to present something, and she's going to steal that moment completely. Um, and she did just that. Winning an Oscar ages you. <laughs> um, <laughs> hello there. Um, thank you for having me back. It's such a pleasure to be here. Last year was the best night of my husband's life. <laughs> he, he actually says that. And I've given birth three times. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I hope you're all having as good a time as he did. <laughs> and as I did. Um, uh, yeah, so that made me laugh and smile and be filled with the warm fuzzies so much. So both of those moments, I'm, in a, I'm now in a, in a very happy marriage with both of them. Well, I'm really looking forward to Oscars. I'm going to telegraph 2024 when I'm there with Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. I'm going to have to learn that before we actually meet. Yeah. Oh, and and you are there maybe across the aisle with Olivia Coleman and Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig. Oh, man. It's going to be good times. What a dream. Mm. All right, the time has come. What's in the envelope for your kill of the Oscars 2020? Okay, Brandy. So let me guess. <laughs> Does it start with a B and end in an Eilish? Oh, no. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to start with a, a, an M&M. Oh, well, okay. So it's... it's <laughs> I it starts come up with, with something an, quick an M that. and it ends in an M. Yeah. Well, so it's all under the same umbrella. So uh, the Oscars is not generally known for like needing to like slap dash some like youngsters, the and youths. I use that in the mm-hmm. air quotes, or like you know the, the like the things that like the Golden Globes might do, or the Grammys might do, or like you know the MTV Movie Awards might do. The lesser awards sure. will add names to the entertainment slate or even to the award nominee categories just to get people to watch, to juice the ratings. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really not something the Oscars is known for. And this year, it's like, why the fuck is Black China a walk in the runway at the Oscars? I don't, I mean, there's no reason for her to be there. Maybe one day she'll write an amazing screenplay and she should be there on her merits for that. And I'm looking forward to that day, 2024. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) until then, what the fuck, right? She's a a D-list 
reality TV star. Right. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. If there was a legitimate reason for her to be there and I'm being a dick, I would like to know. Um, I'd like to be wrong about that. But then you have like Billie Eilish singing the In Memoriam and you have Eminem from what? Like what? That movie was like 2001. Um, it was from 2002. Okay. And he won the Oscar at the 2003 Academy Awards, but was not there to perform that song. So 17 years later, <laughs> they said, hey, bud, <laughs> we got a spot. I really feel like some... Like, 70-year-old producer is like, we got to get a fresh, young, we got to get a fresh, young musical act in here. Well, like, last year it was Adam Lambert. I know, and I know he leads Uh, Queen now, so, like, I guess that was the reason why he was there. You can, like, squint at that and it makes sense. Sure. But, like, to open the show, I don't know. And then this year, there was just a lot of, like, what the fuck casting choices Mm -hmm. for people that were there. And... Uh, Academy Awards are better than that. They are. The Eminem thing I really just don't get. Like, okay, so, like, imagine you're the producers of the show. Like, everything that you do in the show is tied to something. It has a reason to be there. So let's pretend that in 2020 they thought it would be cool to do a retrospective of 20 years ago. So you had musical numbers come out from the... Celine Dion. 2000 Oscars, right? How cool. It's been, you know, we're in a new decade. 20 years ago, what a fun look back that would be. I think Celine Dion, that is 20 years. That was... that was For Titanic. Yeah. Or whatever. No, that was earlier No, that, that would have been 1998. Yeah. Um, but still, like, 2000... Well, 2000 Oscars were a huge year because 1999 was a huge year yeah, for movies. Yeah. So, like, think about the things they, they could, have, could have done They could have that. had Kevin Spacey come out for American <laughs> Beauty. <laughs> well, Keanu was there. They could have done shit for Matrix. Like, you know, a bunch of stuff they could have done. And it would have been like, oh, this is why we're doing this. Yeah. Same thing with Queen. Last year it was like, yeah, maybe it was sort of like a little hokey, but also tangentially the – Queen movie was nominated, and so it, like, had a very thin hairline yeah, through yeah. line, right? Yeah, but don't have Adam Lambert open the Oscars. But but it's still there was still a reason. You could talk to a producer who said, this is why we did this. Right, right, right. The Eminem thing is like, huh now? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's, it's not like a, a milestone. 17 years have passed. The song isn't connected to anything. It's not like it was used in another movie. Eminem isn't like in another movie or has music for another movie. I, I, it's not like the Oscars were like, this year we're broadcasting live from Detroit. <laughs> like, I have no idea. I will rack my brain forever wondering why they chose to do this. I need to hear from the Academy. This is why we chose I, to do this. I am this. certain there will be articles out this week. You like remember how after uh, the Super Bowl with Katy Perry where like Left Shark was a thing mm-hmm. and then there was like 10 interviews with Left Shark and yeah. it was like, you know, he was trying to play it off. Like I was, it was a creative interpretation. Right, 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 right. I was, I was, I was representing all of the cast offs, you know. I'm, I'm sure there will be some sort of explainer, but it won't be the real explanation. It's a cover up. Absolutely. But like, again, I'm glad we got that and they had to cut off like the one super genuine acceptance speech. I forget what it was for at the time, but it was like, oh, it was the hair and makeup styling who won for Bombshell. And it was like this this pairing. They were so genuinely gracious and just so happy that they won and they got completely cut off. And I'm like, well, 
Thank goodness that we spent six minutes watching Lose Yourself from Eminem. That's perfect. <laughs> my favorite, this is another way to shoehorn in a different conversation. My favorite Oscar moment ever was, uh, do you remember the movie Once? Yes. With Glenn Hansard? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they won, I guess it was, maybe it was, I think it was like maybe Best Original Song. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you've never seen the movie, it's like a bittersweet romance, not a romantic comedy. It's just like a bittersweet love story, and it's just eloquently done. It's very understated, super indie movie, and I thinking, thinking they won for Best Original Song because there's a lot of music in it. And uh, they, Glenn Hansard and, and uh, his uh female love interest in the movie whose name I can't remember they both get up to say thank you and he gives his thank you speech and then he steps to the side of the mic to give her 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 moment and you know like they play her out right mm. and then after and it was like the saddest like she has the sweetest you should go google it online it's this she has the sweetest little like sad wave and then she but she's being gracious about it she's like thank you you know I'm happy to have an Oscar and she walks off mm-hmm. and then after the commercial break it was John Stewart who was hosting he comes out and he's like I'm sorry I just have to give give whatever her name is her moment and she comes out and then she proceeds to give the most eloquent like follow your dreams do art speech and I know there's a lot of those but this one like had me in tears and I've listened to it in years you know years since then and it really holds up so if you need a kick in the pants to like find yourself and do some fucking art go watch that once acceptance speech best moment ever at the academy awards for me oh man also miss you john yeah come back to us it's dark times it is dark times okay all right brandy so what is in your envelope for the kill of the 2019 academy awards the 2020 academy awards i've been saying 2019 it's not it's not 2019 because it's for the 2019 i know but it's it's still the way they say it is well, the 2020 i mean anyway here we are <laughs> We're not re-recording that. Nope. Um, okay, so big surprise. I told you I watched Joker on the plane back from my work trip. I want to kill Walking Phoenix's acceptance speech where he told us, like, it's bad to drink milk. Look, do I think that his performance was quite good? Uh, yes. What? Whoa. Oh, yeah, there's... Wow. I never thought there was any denying, but even before I had seen this movie that I knew I was going to hate, um, <laughs> I I knew there was no denying that his performance was good, and it is good. I don't I don't doubt that. I do think the movie is a little reductive and um, very problematic in the way that it seems to shine a light and celebrate. You know, if you've been beat down and you have mental illness and the world is hard for you, that you can just go out and buy a gun and shoot people and then it's kind of okay. Yeah, like fetishizes incel culture. It does. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the the conversation around, like, why it was important to make that movie um, from the director Todd Phillips and why it was important to show that that's how Joker came to be is also problematic. And so I have a lot of problems with the movie itself. I, again, I can't deny, though, the performance that he gave was good. Um, but his acceptance speeches have always been problematic. He's had a few bad ones. One relatively good one, I think, was... Um, at the SAGs, his speech was actually okay. It was coherent and pretty good. His Globes one, where he told everyone to stop using private jets, was bizarro. Um, and then this one, 
was so strange. He gets up there. He imme- He looks pained. I mean, he looks physically pained that he's been burdened with this <laughs> chore. Yeah. He gets up there and he immediately is like, no, 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 no. Sit down. Sit down. Just stop it. Stop it. And he like makes people see, you know, D- please, just enough. This is enough. And I'm like, oh, fucking boy. Great. <laughs> so he then goes on this whole rant about like fucking veganism and sustainability and all that stuff, which we know is a big cause for him. He's been vegan his whole life. Um, he grew up in this sort of like big hippy dippy. He's like on a commune. But yes. It's it's a whole thing for him. And it, he's been behind sort of this whole movement to like make all these award shows vegan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he goes on this whole thing about like, and, and the, it's the tone in which he's giving it too is like, in his in his globe speech in his sag speech he was he had like this energy to him it was almost this sort of like manic frenetic energy mm-hmm. the the Joaquin that we know where you're just sort of like oh boy where'd you come from <laughs> and this energy at the Oscars was so like morose and sad while he was telling us that like we we tortured these calves and we steal their milk and drinking milk is so bad and I was just like okay cool. To each their own. You can have that opinion if you want. That's your opinion, man. I'm still going to drink milk. Also, I don't give a fuck about that right now. (laughs) You can definitely use this platform to, like, say whatever opinion you want to say. Usually people use it to make a political statement. I guess you can say veganism is a political statement. But, like, I don't care that you're telling me that we should, like, not eat animals and not drink their milk and stuff. It was, and it also sort of felt like it was a put upon act. Like he felt very much like he was putting on some sort of performance. And I think that's kind of the problem that I have with him sometimes is that like, it's hard to know when he's being genuine and like being like a method actor. I really can't wait for like 20 years from now when Timothy Chalamet plays him in the biopic, oh! like it will be peak insufferability and it will be amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. What a good call. 2024? <laughs> Maybe a little too soon. Maybe a little too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so all of that to say that he ends the speech with this, what I think was a really raw and emotional moment where he brings up his brother River and says this quote that his brother had. And that's how he ends the speech. And I actually think... Man, if he had just gotten up there and said even just that one thing, didn't thank anyone, but just said, like, that one thing, people would talk about that speech forever because it was just the one thing. Right. You know? But he went on this whole fucking rant about milk, and it's just like, cool. Okay. And to that end, thank God this insufferable ride is over and we can put (laughs) this behind us. So anyway, all of that, I want to kill. I want to kill it so hard. Okay, so um, those were our big... Our big three awards, Mm -hmm. we gave them out. Mm -hmm. Um, Any honorable mentions that just didn't quite make the cut? Yeah. So a little mini Mary that I have Mm -hmm. is uh, I just, you know, the world's burning around us, but what a time to be alive for all of the reaction gifts we're getting. (sighs) And I will will add an addendum to my uh, trashing of Billie Eilish. She giveth the great reaction gif. Ah, being 17. Yeah, with like, you know, like whatever, you know, market research determined her hair needed to look like that for her brand. 
Um, but it, her reaction gifts are amazing, and particularly the reaction gif when Eminem was performing. Oh, so good. So amazing. And it really, it really, like, put an exclamation point on the end of the sentence of why the fuck is Eminem here? So it's a snake eating its tail of, like, pop culture weird, but I'm here for the gif. Truly the definition of the world we live in. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Um, so I have a um, a mini Mary also, um, and it is the um, the documentary short winner. Um, so learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl um, won for a documentary live action short, and the winners were um, I'm gonna butcher their names, but it was a pair of women, um, Carol Dysinger and Elena Andrecheva, um, and. They got up there, and the main woman, um, I think it was Carol, correct me if I'm wrong, um, she gave this just boom, powerful, kick in the fucking teeth um, speech. She's been working in Afghanistan for like over 10 years to make this film. Um, she spoke to how hard it can be to be a woman in the Hollywood industry, um, the film industry. Um, she had been given like a student Oscar from like, a long time ago and thought, well, I'm just going to, this is going to be so easy now. (laughs) Um, And everyone chuckled and laughed. Um, And yeah, it was just sort of, it was really, really powerful to listen to her having worked in a place where it's so hard to be a girl. And now I really want to watch that film. And I, you know, I, I always do this to myself where I do a disservice where I don't watch the documentary stuff because I know it's just going to make me very, very, very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I very much want to watch Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone if you're a girl because that speech was pure power. So uh, I want to marry it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, um, the Alamo Draft House does screenings of the live action shorts That's right. and the animated shorts. And I went and watched those this year. It's always, it's always a treat. It's, they're always I good. I never do that, but it's, yeah, I should. It's really worth it. Um, okay, so the last um, mini, it's also a mini Mary. Okay. Lots of Marys to go around this week. Okay. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the wardrobe at the beginning. One thing we didn't talk about uh, was Natalie Portman's on point uh, stitching on her cape mm. that said the names of the female directors that were not nominated for best director and it's so I was watching the Oscars on a delay Mm -hmm. and actually saw on social that she had done that before I saw it and when I saw I didn't see the photo of it I just saw like a headline and I was like boogh Ugh. Mm. I, th- I had visions in my head of like Angelina Jolie's wedding dress where it's like, you know, kid, you know, writing oh, sure. all over, like, you know, Greta. And then like when I actually saw the photo and her dress was like fabulous. And yes. then the way it was stitched on there, I was like, okay, okay, I can, I can do this. And it might be one of my favorite things I've ever seen her wear too. Uh, yes. She was actually an honorable mention for, she was right under Maya Rudolph for best dress for me. I thought she looked fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that you brought that up because I thought it was very tastefully done. It didn't feel privileged mm-hmm. in an obnoxious way. Mm-hmm. It felt very, very nice. I, I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Yep. Um, so I have I have another one, which is, um, I guess this goes under, I, this is like a fuck or a kill. I honestly <laughs> don't know. It's so confusing to me. But it was the Diane Keaton and Keanu Reeves moment because – I don't know what's wrong with Diane. <laughs> she's not. She's she's never really been all there. No, but she was like 
really off last night. Like, normally I'm like, ha, 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 Diane, <laughs> you kook. But last night it was like, Diane, like twice if you're okay. <laughs> um, and thank God Kiana was just like, hey, I'm here for this party. And he just like kept it going on. Love me some Keanu. But yeah, I don't. That moment was hard to watch. I watched it again later, and I was like, oh, this is hard to watch the second time, too. Like, it's very uncomfortable. And that's why I don't – like. I th- maybe it's just – I don't know where it fits. I just wanted to bring it up, honestly, <laughs> and talk about it with somebody. Um, yeah, and then I have, I have, I have one more yeah. that I want to slip in, which yeah. is say what you will about Shia LaBeouf. I thought it was cool that – so he had a movie come out last year called uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon, and it stars a kid named Zach – Gotsigen, um, probably butchered that name also, who has Down syndrome. And he and Zach presented an award last night. And Zach made history as the first presenter with Down syndrome um, to present an award at the Oscars ever. And it made me really happy. So that is a Mary for me. Just a tiny little Mary. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I thought it was really, really touching. I didn't know that. I would have thought there have been several notable actors with Down syndrome. I wouldn't have thought it would have taken this long but yeah me neither yeah so i thought that was cool what did you think of this year's oscars did you actually love eminem's performance we can obviously agree to disagree <laughs> on all the things um but as always please give us a call and tell us your thoughts leave us a message at 805-628-BOOP that's 805-628-2667 and we might just play it on the show if you can whoever whoever has the most compelling reason real or not if you can, if you can, like apples to apples, best reason why the Eminem performance was good, on our voicemail, whoever wins, I will draw a cartoon on a five dollar bill, pop culture, fuck Mary Kill style, and we will mail it to you, or I'll hand it to you in person if I know you, because most of the people that listen to us are friends. <laughs> yeah, if you're like a freaky deaky stranger, she's not gonna meet you in person. I mean, if you're Tiki Wakakas. <laughs> Oh, boy. Give us a call. (laughs) That's it for the show this week. Thanks for listening. If you don't already, please be sure to subscribe to Pop Culture FMK on Instagram, Twitter, and check us out at popculturefmk.com. And tell one friend about us this week. Parasite forever! I love you, Tiki. Taika. Taika. Taika, 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 Taika.